0: Well, as it comes up to the Christmas and New Year holidays, there's a drink that gets more attention than some, and that is port. In this week's Tuesday report on the 123 Show, reporter Andrew Dembina speaks to Nicholas Heath, co-founder of the Vintage Port Academy and director of the family-owned Fladgate Partnership, which owns three of the top vintage port brands. So listen up to find out more about his this fortified wine.
1: My name's Nick Heath. I'm one of the founders of the Vintage Port Academy and I am a director of the Fladgate Partnership, which is a family-owned group which owns three of the top vintage ports, Taylors, Fonseca and Croft. And the other founder of the Vintage Port Academy is Ewan Mackay, who is the director of Symington Family Estates. And their vintage port houses are Graham, Dowers and War. So this was something we set up together. It came about because of a chance encounter in an airplane when we were both flying back from Asia. We were discussing our experiences and we came to the conclusion that we really needed to work together Mm. to uh, develop awareness of vintage ports in particular and premium ports in general partly to reinforce the awareness and the knowledge of people who already knew about the category, but also introduce it to many people uh, to whom it was completely new. Well, I believe there's a word for this, which is coopetition, which is when two, two competitors decide to work together yeah. uh, you know, and, and uh, pool their resources yeah. and uh, do something of common interest. And of course, education is very much mm. something which we're both interested in doing. Sure. Uh, in terms of where we started geographically, it started in Hong Kong 10 years ago. This is actually the 10th anniversary Mm. of the Vintage Port Academy and we actually enrolled our 1,000th student in beijing actually the idea was originally to concentrate on greater china so we started out in hong kong and then uh, the following year we did a a course in shanghai since then we've covered a number of different locations we've now done uh, vintage port academy courses in hong kong in macau uh, shanghai beijing Guangzhou, and in taipei and uh, more recently in seoul and for the first time this year in tokyo so we've got a fairly broad footprint now but all uh, so far only in asia
0: compared to um, some other drink qualifications i'm wondering do you get any recreational students or is it all very much for the industry?
1: The focus is very much on, on professionals in the wine industry or the hospitality industry, particularly restaurants, of course. Yeah. That would be the focus, yeah. and most of our students are, are professionals from those areas. Mm. We do occasionally have people who are wine educators, bloggers, wine journalists mm. who join the courses, and rarely some collectors or yeah. wine uh, enthusiasts who, who would like to join, although the ability to accommodate consumers is obviously limited by the number of places and the popularity of the course. It is a very popular course and uh, we tend to fill all our places with professional people. Having been brought up with uh, family yeah. uh, involved for a long time in the port industry, you know, visiting the vineyards, visiting mm-hmm. the uh, cellars was really very much part of being brought up. Although, to be honest, I wasn't really terribly knowledgeable until I actually joined the business myself. Okay. Uh, it was something that was came naturally. I think one of the wonderful things was being introduced by you know, friends of my parents or relatives to Vintage Port at a relatively young age Mm. and uh, being introduced to this absolutely magical wine and having possibly a little bit of an affinity with it before I actually started working in the business, which is something of course most people don't have the good luck to do. Yes for those who may not be familiar with Port, it's one of the great historic European wines. The grapes are grown in an area called the Upper Douro Valley in the northeast of Portugal. It's an area where uh, wine has been made for about 2,000 years, Mm. it's a a very old wine region. Mm. Uh, Port as we know it today is, I would say, relatively recent. It's really emerged at the end of the 17th century. And one of the things which distinguishes port from other wines is it is part of a large family of wines called fortified wines. And these are wines where we add some very neutral grape spirit to the wine during the winemaking process. And this preserves much of the natural sweetness of the grape in the finished wine. And it also raises the spirit level slightly, so port is a little bit sweeter and slightly stronger than normal wines. And this dictates to some extent when you drink it. In western gastronomy it tends to be consumed towards the end of the meal as dessert wine Mm. or as a a wine uh, to be taken after the meal. I think in this part of the world it tends very often to be drunk in one of the best ways actually is when you're relaxing at the end of the day and you're reading a good book or watching Mm. your your favourite television programme and you want something nice and warming and and relaxing uh, with these wonderful flavours which make it an absolutely wonderful what the Italians call meditation wine. And one of the consequences of fortification is that port can be aged in many different ways in a large vat or a smaller cask Mm. for for a longer period of time or a shorter period of time and this allows you to create many different styles of port and that's one of the wonderful things about port it's very versatile you have all these different styles very foody wine you can uh, obviously pair it with all kinds of different types of food so it would range from you know, a, a rich, dense, powerful vintage port uh, to a more elegant, lighter, tawny style. So within port there are many, many different styles. Mm. And of course there's white port, which is only about mm. 6% of production. Not so well known, I think, in Hong Kong, but uh, a style which is becoming increasingly popular.
0: Is there growing interest in pairing maybe some of the different styles of port throughout the whole meal instead of it being uh, just after a dessert or with dessert?
1: I think I think in, in Western uh, cuisine, the meal tends to be more of a program, yeah. you know, where you probably start with a glass of sparkling wine beforehand, and then a, 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 you know, a red or white wine in the main part yeah. of the meal, and then you finish up with port at the end. There are other wines which tend to possibly be more appropriate for the main part of the meal, mm. and port tends to come at the end. The classic port and cheese combination, yeah. the dessert wine combination, and of course, the after dinner drink. I think in terms of the Chinese cuisines, different dishes tend to appear at the same time, there doesn't mm. seem to be really the same programme, where you would then probably be more inclined to pair the wine with one of the main dishes. Mm. And I think there's some wonderful um, opportunities. Obviously, went a little bit past the season now, but there's the hairy crab season, where traditionally possibly people might have uh, tried something like a yellow wine. Port would be a wonderful alternative. It works extremely well. You know, in Cantonese cuisine, there are many things which go well with port. There, the, you know, the barbecued meats, which go very well with mm. a full bodied port. The thing to bear in mind, of course, there are very few wines, apart from port, if any, which can actually stand up to very spicy food. So something like a very spicy Sichuanese Mm. dish, for example, which is extremely difficult to pair with wines in general, actually goes wonderfully uh, with port with its very rich flavors and sweetness. So I think there are, there are lots of opportunities there.
0: So in Asia so far, I mean, there are some amazing combinations for food and port that you've just suggested there. Is port being enjoyed in some other ways, perhaps with mixers, or um, do you find that maybe some entry-level ports are finding their ways into cocktails? And in fact, is um, the use of ports do you think, globally, changing at all towards using mixers or anything like that?
1: Yes, I think port is enjoyed in many different moments in different parts of the world, in, in French-speaking countries, it tends to be uh, more of an imperative. I think in English-speaking countries, it tends to be more of an after-dinner wine, yeah. possibly drunk in a slightly a slightly more formal uh, way. I think probably in Hong Kong, people would drink it much as it would be drunk in Britain. I think more, okay. more as, a, as an after-dinner drink. Yeah. The, on the other hand, of course, we want to encourage people to drink port In a more relaxed environment, bring younger consumers into the category, and to make it uh, possibly less formal than people think it is. It is, after all, you know, great wine. It's there to be enjoyed, Mm. and uh, so the there is a trend for port to be used as an ingredient for cocktails. There's a new style of rosé port or pink port which okay. is popular but I think if you're talking about port as an ingredient for a cocktail yeah. I think probably the most, most well-known combination is the combination of a dry white port and uh, tonic water yeah. and a twist of lemon yeah. uh, which makes an absolutely wonderful summer drink a sort of an alternative to a gin and tonic if you like and obviously with the wonderful warm climate you have here in Hong Kong I think that could be something that could work quite well
0: a few years ago sherry found its way Vino sherry in particular into some cocktails some of which have still stayed on some cocktail lists now
1: yes i think the uh, if you go to portugal and uh, i hope as many of your listeners as possible do make their Mm. way there it's it's actually probably not as far as it seems you will be offered at some point a white port and tonic it's it's very very popular and uh, something which i would recommend I think you have to distinguish between the sort of premium styles, which are, you know, quite sophisticated, yeah. Yeah. complex mm. wines, where it's rather a shame to mix them with anything else. I think it would be unusual to ah. open an old bottle of vintage yeah. port and pour something else into it. But the younger, fresher mm. styles with possibly more focused flavors, you know, a fresh fruit character, mm. people are perfectly happy to use it as a mixer, and I think more and more so. Hmm. Uh, but I think, as I say, the premium styles, one tends to enjoy oh. them on their own. Sure. Yeah.
0: With Christmas coming up, it is a time probably, I'm sure, in the port um, world where there's a lot more demand for bottles. If people are getting themselves a bottle of port and wanting to mix it with something, if it was a, a traditional red port, could you recommend anything to, to mix it with?
1: Yes, I mean, if you think of Christmas, I mean, you're thinking of uh, you know the classic things like still and cheese, plum pudding and that sort of thing and and there are stars which work particularly well at Christmas. I think if you are talking about a sort of ripe blue cheese... Uh, you're probably talking about something like a late-bottled vintage or even, obviously, a vintage port, which is going to be a bit pricier, mm. but a wonderful combination. And, you know, talking of the more sort of raisiny or nutty yeah. flavours, which tend to be associated with Christmas, yeah. I think an aged tawny, something like a 10- or 20-year-old tawny, mm-hmm. really uh, yeah. would matches extremely well.
0: It is a fortified wine, as you mentioned before, which means probably it can be kept a little longer. What's the kind of, depending, of course, on, on conditions, as long as the room isn't too hot, how long would a bottle be able to be kept for and enjoyed without maybe being at its best?
1: Uh, most porters is actually uh, aged in wood mm-hmm. so in a cask or in a vat and during the aging in wood of course the wine is in contact with the air yeah. so when you take the pork out of the bottle, mm. the contact that it'll have after you've opened the bottle won't really change the wine very much. And so you can keep it, what six to eight weeks and the mm. wine will be absolutely f- absolutely fine. The exception is vintage port, mm. not late bottle vintage, which is ancient yeah. wood, but, but true vintage port, which is a bottle aged wine. Okay. And with the bottle aged wine, uh, it's really at its best within an hour or so after you've opened the bottle. Yeah. Uh, but that's really the exception.
0: Sense. I mentioned Christmas time being the uh, time where people might enjoy it most all over the world. Do you notice... that uh, demand in Asia um, is is growing in terms of figures
1: that you and your fellow uh, port producers are noticing. Is it on the up in this part of the world? Uh, definitely. I mean, it, the increase in sale in sale for the port category as a whole since the vintage port started is uh, increase of about two and a half times. Oh. So th- that's actually very encouraging. I think in Hong Kong, the growth in terms of volume has been steady but relatively restrained. But what's happened in Hong? Kong is that people, much like in other parts of the world, are drinking more of the premium styles. Mm. So, in terms of value, it's increasing more than in volume, which is absolutely yeah. what you would expect. Right. You know, As people become more familiar and more comfortable with the category, yeah. they're more likely to splash out from time to time on something really good. Mm. Um, and that, of course, is, some, is, is a trend that we see elsewhere right. as well as in Ooh. Hong Kong.
0: Related, as port becomes more widely drunk and enjoyed in Asia and maybe in other parts of the world anticipate seeing port production in other parts of the world say in the same way that um, with spirits rather than fortified wines but gin or single malt whiskey has been produced uh, perhaps to some people's surprise in parts
1: of Asia Not so much in the case of port. If you go back in history of course um, countries like um, Australia, uh, South Africa uh, have um, have produced, uh, have been significant producers of, of mm. port-style fortified wines. Uh, I think there are two things to say there. One is, of course, port is a yeah. denomination of origin, so there's a legal issue that you you can't call it port unless no. it's actually made in the Derry Valley. The other point, of course, is that, as with many other classic wines, Port is the result of a specific combination of circumstances which is actually quite difficult to reproduce elsewhere. Mm. You may find somewhere which has a similar climate, for example, mm. but on the other hand you won't have the same type of soil, uh, the same topography, the same grape varieties and of course the same tradition of winemaking. So although you can get close, you won't actually create something which is identical to port, which is not to say that many of these fortified wines produced elsewhere in the world are not good, but but they are distinctive; they have their own characteristics, mm. uh, and I think it would be be misleading for the consumer if they all call themselves port, yeah. because those they they're describing uh, it would describe things which are actually quite different. Yes, yeah, so, I mean there are some new styles of port which have been created in the, in recent years, but there's one style which is not actually new in the context of port but I think possibly relatively new to to wine lovers in Hong Kong, which is a yeah. style, which in Portuguese is known as a coleta port, and in English as a single harvest port. Yeah. These are, are different for vintage port in the sense that they are aged in wood. Mm. And the wonderful thing about these wines is that they are, you can, you can buy them where they've already been aged for a certain amount of time. Okay. As, as we all know, it's sometimes quite difficult yeah. to get hold of uh, old wines. You will find wines which are 40 or 50 years old, mm. which are exceptional wines. Uh, they're pricey, of course. They have the advantage relative to the vintage port that you can. Draw the cork, pour yourself a glass, and of course, being a bottle aged wine, they will remain in good condition for several weeks after you open it. The other thing about these wines, of course they are pricey, but you have to remember that they have this extraordinary concentration, mm. which comes from the fact that part of the wine will evaporate during yeah. the aging process, the part which we call the angel's share. Yeah. And of course, everything that doesn't evaporate will become more concentrated, including the flavors. Mm. So although you're having to pay a little bit more for the bottle, you know, you're really sipping this wine and getting the benefit from this extraordinary concentration of flavor. And uh, that's a style that we see becoming more and more popular in the Hong Kong market.
0: That's single harvest port. Single harvest port,
1: exactly, as opposed to vintage port.
0: Yeah, okay. (laughs) Something that perhaps our listeners can uh, try as a little treat this time of the year. Yes, with Christmas coming up, why not? That was Nicholas Heath, co-founder of the Vintage Port Academy, and he was talking to Tuesday reporter Andrew Dembino during an annual visit to Hong Kong last month by the